0: I've gone through those things because I had a message. You know, the message didn't come from those things. So I was like willing to go through those struggles and like get dropped and keep going because I felt like what I had to say was important. You know, if I'm struggling with something and I have someone who comes up to me and they're like, hey, I listened to this song and kind of feel the same way, it makes me feel like less alone.
1: What's up everybody? Welcome to episode 58 of the Mad Happy Podcast. I'm Mason and we have a really exciting episode for you guys today with singer-songwriter Alec Benjamin. We recorded this one a few months back like I think a week before Alec was set to play Coachella for the first time which was really exciting just for him and, and exciting for the industry in general. I think it was the first Coachella in like two and a half years after they had postponed four or five different dates and it was cool to speak to like an up-and-coming artist of his size before playing arguably kind of the most famous festival or show uh in someone's career obviously a big landmark there and i just think he has a really dope story i mean he was got signed when he was at sc um, and ended up getting dropped and then kind of had to build his way back up uh and i feel like It was a pretty unique uh, journey uh, that he's on and that he's still been on, so it was super dope to get his perspective on that. Outside of that, uh, we're having a really exciting summer. As most of you probably know, we opened up a few stores recently. Uh, We're actually opening up our last of our summer temporary stores this Friday at Rosewood at Miramar in Montecito, so we're really, really excited about that. And then we're going to have four stores open uh, for the first time in our company's history, which has been a lot of work, but is a really, really exciting moment that we've been planning all the way since last fall. So for summer to finally be here um, and for us to be executing this really big dream and, and big vision that we had a long time ago is super, super exciting. Uh, we're in a lot of new markets for the first time, a lot of new areas, new neighborhoods, uh, at the Grove and in the Palisades. And, and just to see the response from those communities in the last couple weeks has been really exciting. And, and to get to meet so many people and introduce so many new people to the brand and and see how everyone really responds to it and resonates with it in their own unique way. Uh, I feel like is what's so beautiful about the mission of our brand and and what's so beautiful about the mental health journey that everyone is on. Uh, So if you're anywhere in the Southern California area, uh, you can come check us out at Melrose, The Grove, The Palisades, or Rosewood at Miramar up in the Santa Barbara area. Uh, So come by, say Hi. Usually uh, one of us at the, one of me, Payment or Noah, um, is at the stores almost every single weekend. So hope to meet you there and enjoy the episode with Alec Benjamin. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism. Enjoy the show with Alec Benjamin.
2: Alec, thank you so much for being here.
0: All right. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Round two. Round two.
2: <laughs> well, we're excited to talk today. So we appreciate you joining us.
0: Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. I love... Uh... I love all of the apparel that you guys have. The Mad Happy stuff is really cool. I have a lot of it. I was going to wear some like one of the sweaters that I have today, but then I was like, I don't want to come off as like too much of a fan, you know. So I just, I didn't wear it, but I actually have it in the car right now. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's uh, a John and Vinny's collab. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that
2: that's a good piece. Yeah, I think uh we've heard that a few times. Sometimes people do wear their Mad Happy on the pod, but
0: yeah, I, I probably should have now. I feel like I would. <laughs>
2: I'm wondering, like, I'd love to start, you know, with your childhood. Like, give us a picture of where you grew up, your early life. Uh, I think we we often talk about where someone's from as, like, the catalyst to, like, you know, where they end up and some of their experiences. So I would love to hear that.
0: Yeah, I'm from Arizona, and I did come out to California a lot, though, like, as a kid. I feel like everybody everybody was always, like, coming to LA or San Diego or whatever in the summer, um, it's so hot in Phoenix. Um, and also, I don't know why it's like the first thing that I thought of when you asked that question, but I remember like everybody would always post like the, the Coachella lineup, you know, when, um, when it would come out. And, um, I didn't really like get into like making music until like the end of high school, but That's, like, sort of, like, when I started to pay attention to those Facebook posts and stuff, and I always felt like, you know, there were a few shows that I liked to go to when I was younger where I felt like I could really sort of, like, just be a fan, even after I started making music and decided, like, that's what I wanted to do as a career. But most shows, I felt like, oh, man, like, I just want to, like, be up on stage. And Coachella is one of those things where I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to go unless I get to play. So I don't know why. But that's, yeah, it's cool to, like, you know, everybody in Arizona is always, like, going out to California to go to go to Coachella. And I was like, oh, I'm not going until I get to play it. And this year, I get to play it. So that's pretty cool. But uh, I, yeah, Arizona was, like, it was a cool place to grow up. I'm trying to think about I just I was just back there a couple like like not yesterday the day before my friend got married so I was there a few days ago.
2: I think I read like you moved around a little bit when when you were younger. Yeah,
0: I lived in New York for like a, like a few years and then we moved back to Arizona. Um, but I was so young, like I, I remember living in New York like a little bit, but I mostly spent my childhood in Phoenix and it was great. It was like a really great place to grow up, but I always felt like. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out, like, ultimately, like where my permanent home is going to be. I love, I love um, yeah. L.A. too, but I don't know if this is. So I've gone back to Arizona a few times. You asked me a question at a weird time because I'm like thinking about it a lot because I was just in Phoenix. Um, but I, uh, I grew up in Arizona, moved hmm. to California for college, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know. Even as a kid, I, I, I felt like. I always felt like I was going to be moving to California at some point. So I don't know if that answers your question. But
1: (laughs) For sure. I know you said that you didn't really start making music until the end of high school. Was it something that you were super passionate about as a kid? Or what were your other interests growing up, if any?
0: I did karate when I was younger, and uh, I was pretty passionate about that, I guess. I became really passionate about music when I realized that the other option was going to school for a long time. So (laughs) I was like, okay. I mean, ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, like I look back and I'm like, wow, I've committed just as much time to this, if not more than even my friends who have like gone to medical school or whatever. But I guess I didn't think about it like that. And I got to structure my own education, too, which was nice. So, you know, I got to learn on the Internet and kind of like learn the things that I wanted to learn. Um, Yeah. But uh, what was your question?
1: (laughs) I don't know. But were you were you not really into school? And like, did you consider yourself more? creative and kind of just wanted to like explore your artistic I like to learn. Terms, or I like... just
0: don't like to learn the way that other people want me to learn I feel like oftentimes though some like looking back sometimes I'm like man I wish I would have focused a little bit more in school yeah um, but I feel like oftentimes they teach you things without an objective and it's like unless I know where I'm headed for me I have to know like what the goal is first so that I feel like everything that I'm doing is like intentional and has like a purpose if I'm just learning things just for the sake of learning sometimes that's nice but unless I know like ultimately like what it's going to be used for unless like i just sort of by myself feel passionately about something and want to learn it for the sake of learning it then someone else is telling me to do something i'm not going to like pay any attention yeah
2: and so you end up going this like i guess untraditional path and then you end up getting signed how did that come to be
0: i guess like when i was in high school and i decided that music was like a thing that i wanted to do my parents are not like you know, I didn't grow up in LA or whatever. My parents are not like in the industry. So, they were they were very supportive of me, but they were kind of just like you have to kind of figure this out, you know, if you want to if you want to be in music, then you kind of got to you got to do it. And so, I started that was like around the time that like YouTube and Wikipedia were like really sort of like hitting their stride. I feel like YouTube started like what, well, like 2006, so this must I don't know when I was in high school. But around that time, YouTube had like been around a few years, Wikipedia had been around for a few years, and it was like really getting good. And I could look up the albums that I loved and see who had collaborated on those records with some of my favorite artists. And I just started like sending emails to people like cold, just like hitting up songwriters and producers and artists and managers and just like reaching out to people. And I would send like hundreds of emails or Facebook messages and stuff, and like you know, every so often I would hear back. And I got I got hit back from a songwriter who was basically in the UK who listened to some of my stuff and and liked it enough to like respond to my email, and then I kind of just kept pestering him. Was like, "Yo, I want to work with you." So then he had when he was in LA, he we did a session, a songwriting session. I'd never done a songwriting session before. I was like 15, and um, he, he was into it. He was intrigued. We wrote like a good song. And so I kept in touch with him, and ultimately he started flying me back out from like when I was in high school, from like Phoenix to London. I started writing songs there, and by the time I had gone to college, it's kind of already sort of like set up with a group of songwriters in the UK and some in LA that he had introduced me to and started making music and he kind of hooked me up with my first record deal um, which is sort of like a more old school way of going about it you know it's like now I feel like people get signed you kind of like you know you're sort of like a, I've already established a fan base and sold right. out shows and stuff and I hadn't really done that at the time but I had a body of work and so that's kind of like yeah that's how I how I got started and how I started sort of like writing songs and things.
1: What did that moment feel like for you just to get signed or like I did it feel like you had kind of climb this huge mountain in your head or that it was just the beginning or, or where was it was really head?
0: scary and um i learned a lot from it, it w- i guess it wasn't like one moment it was like a whole sort of like emulation yeah stuff, i mean yeah. i had been i've like, been there for like a like a i mean i was signed for like a year and a half or two years i never really put any music out so it was just like it felt like a pretty anticlimactic like yeah. it wasn't really like a, it was a big learning experience for me i was like oh i realized at that point like you know everyone talks about getting a record deal or whatever and then you sort of ultimately get signed and you're like oh this is like you know this doesn't really change much, you know yeah, sort of I feel like, like a, I feel
1: like I think about it as like, oh, you finally made it or it's like your big break or now you got yeah. like a huge bag when in reality, it's just like now someone can get you studio time and and they own your stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it just depends on what you're sort of like, what the setup is and who you're signed to. And, and also, like, you know, how I don't feel like I was really like ready for it. I wasn't like mature enough yet. And also, the industry was changing so much where like the formulas that people had used before, um, you know, 2013, 2014, that had worked didn't work anymore. And so it was sort of like some growing pains. But
1: what, uh like, what has changed about the industry now since then?
0: Well, I mean, When I signed my record deal, my first record deal, Apple Music didn't exist. Right. There was no editorial on Spotify. I feel like you had to sort of be like, I feel like people were discovering music through Pitchfork or through, Mm -hmm. you know, the blogs. That was like when the blogs were really sort of like the only kind of tastemakers that existed. I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself cool now, but definitely then like the pitchfork was not going to talk about me, you know what I mean? So there was like, okay, well, what are we going to do with this like young male pop act, you know? And it was like, but is he, is he sort of like I I wasn't like doing like the R&B kind of like, you know, Austin Mahone kind of thing. So like the social medias didn't really make a hundred percent sense for me. I hadn't like found my voice on it yet, but I also like, wasn't like. You know, I wasn't, like, cool. I wasn't, like, London Graham or, like, Rory or or Haim or any of the other acts that were signed to Columbia at the time. So I feel like it was just, like, well, what, are we, what am I going to do? You know, I was kind of in this weird no-man's land, and I kind of languished there for a little bit and then got dropped and then sort of had to find my way. <laughs> How
2: did that happen? I mean, I feel like you hear about people getting dropped from a label, but was it really just, like, because they couldn't find, like, the right zone for you, or what was it?
0: I think it was just, like, I had been signed for so long and then, like, nothing had really happened they were just like kind of doing me a favor (laughs) they set me free you know and then i kind of got to start putting my music out and like really sort of found my way so you were down for it i mean there wasn't a huge difference between being signed to a label and not being able to put music out and then being (laughs) being dropped actually it was like it was felt like they they did do me a favor because it it gave me the freedom to like experiment and put music out the way that i wanted to and try things And, and so yeah
2: did that feel like a low moment like damn like my label dropped me or like it just part of, like, my journey of, like... It where... part
0: of my journey, yeah. I think I had kind of already accepted the fact that it probably wasn't going to work by the time that I was let go. <laughs> yeah. And
2: you talk about starting to put music out. Like, what was, like, the first thing you put out where you were like, oh, wow, like, this feels so good to finally be able to do stuff?
0: I started putting out, like, demos and stuff on YouTube. And then I put out a song called The Water Fountain that I didn't even own the master to. Um, and I remember, like, I had, like, no or like a hundred or a couple hundred subscribers on YouTube. And then I started seeing like, oh, I was getting like a few thousand views. That felt nice, you know? felt nice to just like have music out and have people listening to it. I also realized like, I don't know, I feel like in a weird way. So I was born in 94. And so I feel like I'm on like the, the, the sort of millennial, millennials are on like this weird, we're in this weird zone where we can still sort of like remember the way things used to work. But also, like, and we have sort of, like, a lot of the preconceived notions about, like, how things are, like, supposed to work and, like, sort of, you know, are, I don't know, you know, it's, like, I remember when, you know, the first week for a record drop, even for a new artist, was, like, supposed to be, like, the biggest week. And now it's, like, if, if your first week is your biggest week, then, like, that's an issue. You know, you want to be able to grow over time. But, like, you know, you have to sort of, like, reconcile that with, like, you know, I remember what it used to be to be like a rock star or famous or like have a have a record deal or whatever with like the new way of doing things yeah I don't know how that was related to the question that you asked no, me but, but I mean, I think it
2: answers it I think like um, it seems like for you you know your, your music is very like personal to your own experience so I'm wondering like as you start putting music out like what was that like earlier message that you were trying to get across like what were you going through at that time that you were trying to like convey in the early songs that you started putting out
0: I guess what initially what I was trying to say was, like, I had always, like, growing up, you know, you had watched... I remember, like, you know, I guess, like, like like what's like celebrity men and like you know when like the tabloids like really big i remember like when my mom was buying magazines and stuff like that and it's like oh like that would be so tight like to like get a record deal and like you know when you justin timberlake like dropped an album and stuff and it would like blow up the first week and then you're like oh i would love for that to like happen to me but then you realize like it's about it's a process of about like writing music and slowly putting things out over time and having them grow not that that was ever in the cards for me or like you know yeah. like not that that's like what i wanted to be or whatever
2: I feel like your music, you talk about like using it as sort of like an outlet for like what you're going through, right? Personal experiences, mental health experiences. So I'm just wondering, like, was there something at that age, you know, being young, being at a record label for a while, then like getting dropped, trying to find your way that like what was like the message you were trying to get out in the music?
0: Well, I feel like the message that I'm trying to get out in my songs changes and it has changed over time, but... Um... A lot of things I was writing about then are are the same things that I'm sort of, like, writing about now. Um, I'm not sure if, like, any of the things that I've gone through or whatever have ultimately, like, impacted, like, the themes in my music. I think I've chosen, like, I've gone through those things because I had a message. You know, the message didn't come from those things. So I was, like, willing to go through those struggles and, like, get dropped and keep going because I felt like what I had to say was important. And I think the reason also, like, why I initially started making music was because... I had something to say. It's not like sort of like a, you know, like a. I don't always have the same thing to say, but when I when I'm, I don't know. I have I have thoughts and ideas and my own philosophies on life, and for some reason I feel like inclined to share them, and I think music is the vehicle that I use to to share those ideas. But like when I was growing up, I, I used to love like to talk about. You know everything. Me and my dad used to like just like talk. We would look up and like talk about like, yo, I wonder if there's life out there, like whatever. You know, and like for me, like that's what's really interesting to me. Um, And like one of the reasons why I wake up in the morning is because I like to just think about stuff. Like it's so that's that's cool to me. Um, And uh, you know, going to school and doing all those things um, was not as appealing to me because you don't get to think about that sometimes if you get like a great teacher or whatever yeah um, but i was like oh i wonder how i can sort of turn turn this into a living and uh, music was a way that i that i found i could do that i can think about stuff and i can then sort of like turn that into songs you know yeah. but the fun part for me is just like having ideas and i don't know reading
1: yeah i love a. Uh- I love what you were saying earlier about us being on the cusp of of that, like, millennial age. Like, we were both born in 1994 also, and, like, I always talk about with my friends how I think we really grew up at, like, the perfect time where we still did get a taste of, like, that old world, kind of, like, before the internet and, like, before technology. And, like, when I even think about myself and, and being creative and thinking about the kind of world I want to live in or, like, what I want to do in my future, it often does go back to a lot of like like a simpler time or like a time right. before all this or like where you can remember like you know in the industry like I remember going to buy CDs or like right. being on LimeWire like things like that that are like so so ancient now um, right. you feel like that sense of like nostalgia or like anything like that about growing up uh kind of inspires you
0: i think you're more of like an optimist about it than i am i feel like i have a lot of preconceived notions about the way the world should work and and it just doesn't work that way anymore so i kind of almost wish that i was born like a blank slate you know and i didn't i didn't remember any any of those things because sometimes like when i'm you know everything is so everything is so different now like what it means to be successful and how you become successful and like what it means to have a hit I remember like when I was first getting into music even when I was 15 which like you know wasn't that long ago not to say that that billboard isn't super influential and stuff like that but you know like what it meant to like have a have a hit song or whatever Mm. there was like there were these like defined parameters you know and it's like now it's like you can grow in so many different ways and sometimes you know i'm looking for certain markers of success that i would look for when i was younger that don't necessarily they're they're not they're not required now you know you can you can have a career in a different way
1: well it's just different but uh, i feel like for you as a musician there's honestly more opportunity and like more ways for people to discover you or like more avenues for your songs to kind of take off i feel like in the past there was only kind of one path to be able to make it and it was that like CD sales get the pitchfork right up, right. like chart on Billboard. I'd, like now, it's like you could have a song go viral on TikTok and and it wouldn't even chart. Like I think the number one charting thing for the last two
0: months is like Encanto, which is like a Disney movie. It's like right people aren't really bumping that. Like it, right, right, right. It's yeah, so no, different. it's it is a positive thing. It's definitely a positive thing because you know it's also like it's democratized and lowered the barrier for entry for entry for like people who are releasing music too. So there's so much more like more content out there because. People before didn't have access to distribution, and they maybe you know couldn't afford studio time. But now it's like it's look, it's still expensive to like you know have a microphone and stuff like that. But you would need a lot more gear to do a podcast. Like I mean, you couldn't do a podcast in you know yeah nineteen ninety nine. And it's so, easier to put yeah, it out it there is much better. Wise,
2: right? You like you said, you started yeah. on, like posting on YouTube and stuff. I'm wondering like now. You know, we know you have an album coming up. We were listening to some of the songs earlier. Well, you know, um, and congrats, firstly, I guess like I'm wondering what is there a message like with this album? Like, what do you feel like? I feel like, you know, you've been in the industry now for a long time, right? Like, how does it feel, Mm. you know, putting this album out? You're under a new record label, like you have you know, new management, all that, like, I'm sure it feels exciting, but...
0: Uh, Yeah, so, so I've been on Atlantic for a while, um, but um, I had, like, I had, like, a whole thing that happened to me in between, like, when I got dropped, and then I put out my first project, and then, like, I had, like, you know, like, a little bit of success in terms of, like, the way I define success is if, like, I can feed myself based on my music, so I don't, um, so I was able to, like, you know, do that and, and, like, support myself based on my music, and that was great, and then, sort of, like, I had... An album that i put out during the pandemic and then that was a weird uh experience and then i stopped writing music for a while and then uh i wrote a lot of songs um just because i felt like it um after that and that's what this album is yeah and um sorry okay tell me what your question yeah. was again and, <laughs> like, So, so all of a sudden everything is starting again like yeah. i'm putting out music yeah. like i'm touring i'm doing all these things and like i my brain was like not as not calibrated properly yet. Cause I haven't been doing anything for two years. You know, I mean, I've been doing stuff, but there hasn't been any yeah. scheduled things yeah. or like, I haven't also been leaving my house. Like the first time I've been around people in a while too. So. No, I mean, I, I think you, I think
2: you answered it. I think, um, it, it seems like an exciting time Um, we also know that you've been also putting out the songs in Mandarin. I'm wondering how like that came to be and like what inspired you to do that?
0: First off, like the inspiration for this record is just like a lot of the stuff that I was, um, I was sort of like observing and things that were going on during the pandemic, but I wouldn't like, it's not like a pandemic album. I think a lot of the songs on the record or the whole record, you know, has a life outside of the pandemic, but just being able to like be at home and kind of like watch the world, um, from my living room or from my phone or whatever, a lot of the songs are inspired by things that were, you know, going on during the last two years and then um, putting out songs in Mandarin has been cool um, because when I was in middle school I got a tutor and I started learning Chinese um, and I never knew exactly like how I was going to apply like my language stuff to my life um, but then it kind of like occurred to me that, like one day it would be tight if I was able to sing my songs in chinese and like reach you know a whole bunch of people that um are really far away from me geographically that would be really cool uh and then during the pandemic I was on a uh, an app called Weibo which is like sort of like the Chinese Twitter Instagram and there was this girl who's talking about my music her name was uh Zhao Lusa or I guess they call it Lusa Zhao and like she I didn't I didn't realize like how prominent she was but then when I clicked on her profile I was like whoa she's like a Chinese movie star that's crazy like wouldn't it be wouldn't be crazy if if I tweeted her and we did a collab and I didn't expect her to respond, but she did. And then that got me thinking like, well, I could like release all my songs in in Chinese. And I also had no idea that like there were people, you know, in that part of the world that were even listening to my music. So to have her like listening to my songs and talking about it was like very cool. Um, So that was like one of the first collaborations that I did in general. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like sometimes like for me, collaborating is like a weird thing because Sometimes I feel like people just collab now just because like it's like a marketing thing and that's cool, but I feel like I want it to be something that's actually like interesting to me artistically, even if it has like a you know, a cool marketing component to it that ultimately ends up like, you know, helping push the song, like that's great, but that can't be like the goal, you know, like you can't be like, Okay, I need to market this record, so like who do I want to collaborate with? Do you have any like,
1: features on this new record or no?
0: Um no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> That's cool though. Yeah, I mean I just feel like for me I was like, Oh, this is really exciting and cool and interesting and adds like a totally new perspective to the song that like didn't exist before. I feel like now also it's like, you know, I've got a single going and then like the label's like, Yo, like who could we get to do a feature on this so we can like repackage it as a single again? I'm just like eh. No one. <laughs> no, thank you. you know? <laughs> like unless like it's going to be something interesting artistically, then like wh- why? You know. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and is the idea to put out, you know, English song and like the Chinese version? Kind of. I'm like, probably gonna
0: make this whole album in Chinese. Yeah. I haven't been able to do it yet. Yeah, that's what like I. That's what started sort of like my. That that was, like, the catalyst for me making my first song in Chinese. And then when that went well and it was, like, well-received and I didn't, like, get made fun of by by people in China being like, yo, this guy is not, Bad. like, his <laughs> language is not good enough, you know? And then it, like, really started to work and people started to listen to it. And some of the songs that I had made uh, in Chinese were, like, charting in China, you know? Wow. Um, and I was like, well, this is, like, a really, this is cool. This is, like, a, yeah. this could work. Yeah. So are,
1: are these songs off this album the first time that you've ever done that? Yeah. So you mm-hmm. probably have never like performed over there or anything. I assume
0: I have been there one time, but I've been to, I've been to Asia a few times. I've been to China once. It was cool. I never performed there. Uh, but you know, there's other also there's other like um, Chinese speaking countries too. Like in, in Singapore, they they speak Mandarin. They speak yeah. a few languages. But same with Malaysia, along with Malay and like a few other interesting uh, dialects. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've I have but I've never performed a Chinese song for a crowd that predominantly speaks Chinese. Yeah. So that would be a cool thing to do at some point when I, if I feel, or when I feel comfortable. That's
2: really dope. I mean, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of like, there's so many different ways to do it now. You know, I think like you're speaking to a huge audience that wasn't spoken to before, probably from, you know, us based acts. So I think that's pretty amazing. I'm wondering like, you know, of course on this show, we talk a lot about mental health. Like are there early experiences you have or just experiences now that, you know, you've struggled in some ways and it comes through in your music somehow? Or, or do you kind of keep those two things separate?
0: Well, I feel like it's difficult to separate those things. It's like one of the things that I talk about and my songs are just like some of the struggles and the things that I, I've, I've gone through. And also I have I have like I feel like I have OCD in a way. Um, I mean, I have OCD for sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> not in a way, yeah. like, for sure, <laughs> and uh, I, I tend to perseverate, like, ruminate on things, you know, if something, something bad happens to me, or I make a mistake, oftentimes, like, I'll, I'll say something stupid, or I'll, you know, I'll walk away from, like, doing something like this, I'll be like, shit, like, can I curse? Yeah. Okay, like oh, I, maybe I shouldn't, um, and I'll be like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said, that. see, I'll, this yeah. is a perfect example of something that I'll walk yeah. away from, I'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have done that, and then I'll call, call my mom and be like, mom I did this thing I shouldn't have done it I shouldn't have done it and then I'll call other people and they'll be like yo you gotta stop like ruminating on it and I'll be like oh I shouldn't be ruminating on this yeah, and I'll call yeah. someone else and be like yo I did this thing and now I'm thinking about it and I shouldn't be thinking about it um, so one of the ways that I stop doing that is I write. i I'll write a song about it mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one way that it manifests itself in my songs um, by talking about the things that are bothering me that I can't I can't find a resolution for in my mind a way that I resolve it is just by writing about them and then sometimes I have the, the experience experience of feeling like you know a little bit trapped so i have a song called mind is a prison which is about feeling like i'm trapped inside my body i've definitely had like i had like an, that was around the time i was having an existential crisis um so yeah it's hard to separate from me like know sometimes i feel like the way the reason that i make art and the reason that i write songs is is because of the way that i'm oriented you know whether or yeah. not it's a it's an order or a disorder is not for me to say right. but like i make art because of the way that i i am so i guess it's all a product of like my mental order or disorder at this yeah. time and i
1: think i i think the best art comes from lived experience and and really sharing your own stories obviously like people say like write what you know but i think that's what's mm-hmm special about like your music and and why i was excited to have you on and talk to you is because you do kind of talk about these themes and the songs and, and they're things that aren't easy to talk about do you does it feel kind of cathartic for you in that way and and is it easier for you to almost put it into the music
0: than it would be to kind of talk about it with like a friend or like a family member or um i think it's easier for people on the receiving end of what i'm talking about mm-hmm. if i put it in a song you because yeah. like why because you think it's just like less? Well, otherwise I'm them going, dude, I should have said this thing. Yeah. and I'm Like, otherwise I can yeah. just send them a song, you know, and yeah. maybe it's like less annoying for yeah. them to, to to listen to. Yeah, it does feel good to be able to write the songs and then and then and then put them out, and you know, it also feels good, like you know, if I'm struggling with something and I have someone who comes up to me and they're like, hey, I listened to this song and I kind of feel the same way. It makes me feel like less alone. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice that you know, it's nice that. uh we can do that for each other if I you know if I write a song and I feel a certain way and I want to you know send a signal out there so that you know if someone's feeling the same way they can send it back to me when it gets sent back to me it's like it feels very um the validation from that makes me feel good so the that the actual act of writing it out is cathartic and also you know the releasing the song and then getting the feedback is like the most cathartic thing for me it could suck though when you're like maybe you don't necessarily get the feedback that you like. So you have to you have to train yourself to like not get too hung up that's on. It's not up to you, you know, right? Re- yeah, no, it's definitely not up to me. I wish it was, mm. though. And, I wish it was.
2: <laughs> I feel like OCD is like something that's like not also not very well understood, and so I think a lot of people that I know that, that struggle with it in degrees of like severity, I think it's like I don't I've never had like a really good like explanation of what it is. So I feel like even just Talking about it, whether it's with your friends or through your music, I feel like that helps like shine a light on it because it is like really, really challenging for some people. But it's one of those things that's just like, you know, everyone uses in like everyday like English, like, oh, like I'm like so OCD about this. But like, I don't think they really know what that means. How have you felt like you've been able to, you know, live with it or, you know, like what have you done for yourself to try to like better be able to manage it?
0: Well, I think one of the reasons why I do music and and why I didn't, like, choose the traditional path of going to school and then, you know, applying for a job. And one of the reasons why I started a business is because I had to, like, structure my life in such a way that, like, I didn't, I did, I, I didn't try to change myself. I tried to change my life. And, like, yeah. I was like, okay, I could—you know, I have some coping mechanisms, but I think ultimately, like, the, the mechanism that helps me best cope with the way that I'm oriented mentally is by— choosing the career path that I've chosen. It allows me to function in the way that I function best and still make a living. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Cause it's like, I got a, a therapist. I was talking, this is what we were talking about the other day. You know, I was, I was telling, cause I have ADD or ADHD or whatever the hell it is. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I have. Yeah. If <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't tell. And, um, she was like, you know, a lot of people who have the attention deficit like you have um ultimately like end up starting their own businesses and stuff like that because like this is how they can Mm. you know they can structure their life so that they can ultimately be successful (laughs) because like i don't do well with ultimately i have like deadlines and self-imposed deadlines but that's different from someone being like your homework is due yeah. at 3 30 i'm like i cannot do that yeah shit. it just doesn't work for me so i think the the ultimate coping mechanism has been finding a career path that is uh, conducive to somebody that um thinks and behaves the way that i behave um but then you know i talking to a therapist is helpful talking to my friends i'm like i'm pretty open about you know the things that i'm th- sometimes t- it's one of my biggest faults is like saying too much um but then you know yeah i don't know there's probably other things that i should do i mean i definitely like i should try to live like a more regimented lifestyle and like i don't know there's like you know there's other things that my therapist is telling me that i can try to do but i'm not ready for them yet so at some point maybe whenever you are yeah (laughs) i have no idea Uh,
1: going back to the feedback that you were talking about what sort of like response have you noticed from your fans like when you talk about these mental health themes like are you getting messages that they can really relate to it and and they appreciate it or where are you kind of like interacting with them and like what do you feel like the response has really been about like the mental health messaging
0: well i think when i really started talking about that was like on the second project that i released and a weird thing for me was that i never the way that i can tell best what the response is is by getting to perform the songs live. And I never really got to tour that album because I released it in the middle of the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of like a weird part Mm -hmm. of my story also that I never got to talk about. And one of the things for me that I feel like it feels like an essential part of, of releasing a record is then touring it. You get to like complete the feedback loop. So I'm not really sure. And it's difficult to tell online how people feel about a particular song or theme that I've i've released or addressed or whatever um so i don't really know yet i mean yeah. i've read some messages yeah. and stuff but it's different from somebody coming up to you and it's well, like yeah, looking I mean, at the numbers sure. and stuff like that it's like they don't tell the full story so no you also don't know you. like
1: what's real and what's not is yeah. this comment genuine or is this person just trolling but when yeah. someone like walks up to you and looks you in the yeah, eye and like, has something to say yeah
0: it's difficult so different i'm not really story. sure yet it's it's hard to know and i think even then it's like hard to know but but um when you have a room full of people who are singing the song back to you or who uh who come up to you and they tell you how much it means to them, you know, like that's or how much it doesn't mean to them, how much they like your previous shit, better. <laughs> yeah, like, like then 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 you can tell, but you know, I haven't really had the had the uh, luxury of being able to tour a lot of those songs yet. So that's upcoming. And how
2: do you feel now, you know, with the new album coming? Being able to tour again, of course, you said you're playing Coachella, which will be your first time there. I think Mm -hmm. that's obviously an amazing accomplishment. So, congrats! Yeah, thank you.
0: I'm excited. Probably nervous too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I am. I am. But I also know that. Yeah. No, I'm super nervous. Yeah.
2: Yeah, No. I mean, I feel like (laughs) you know, I feel like you must have been thinking about this for a long time, and now coming out of the pandemic, being able to tour again, putting out an album. Like, how does it feel? And like, what do you hope? to be able to like take it you know like i'm ready
0: ooh. for it man i'm like i don't really care like ultimately well i do care what the outcome is it's nice to say that though like i don't care what yeah. happens like it's you know uh <laughs> whatever happens yeah. happens um but i'm I'm thrilled because i know what it's like to be able to put out a record and not be able to do all those things and not be able to you know do a podcast and talk about it or you know uh have to do everything over zoom um i feel like uh I feel more at peace now releasing music than I have in the past um, because I know that the alternative, um, which is just like sitting on it and not being able to do anything, I know what that's like. So I'm, I'm ready to, to get it out and start playing. And I feel like I'm saying some things on this record that I haven't said before. And I'm excited to uh, to talk about about things I'm talking about, um, because I feel like a lot, you know, I, I, I have an inkling that there are people who feel the same way that I feel.
1: What are what are some of those things that you feel like you're sharing for the first time?
0: I think that the album itself talks about a lot of the themes that well, I'm trying to think about about how I put it. Well, during the pandemic, I was just like watching the world go crazy, you know, and like yeah. a lot of crazy stuff was happening, and so I I addressed it. <laughs> I have a song called Hill I Will Die On on the album or on the album that talks about like, you know, I wrote it um when I put my record out like all the, the world was going kind of like you know a lot of crazy stuff was happening mm-hmm. and um it talks about um just breaking points and finding my own personal breaking point and realizing that a lot of people were reaching theirs at the same time yeah um and uh that's something that i talk about on on the record and then oh, i have a song called nuance which i think they played for you before it just talks about how people are you know a lot of like the news media and stuff they were it was it was the the articles and everything was like very polarized and they took like a very um sort of black and white stance on everything when everything is like mm. really nuanced and so i talk about how like you know when when i was younger um uh, my friends and i were like more cool with you know talking about things in a more nuanced way and then as i've gotten older things have become more black and white and i don't necessarily feel like that's such a good thing so mm. that's one of the things i talk about but yeah i feel like and there's other other things on there as well but those are the two that come to mind when yeah. you ask me
1: think about breaking points are like super interesting because when i think about it it feels very kind of like empowering and almost like a to me i in my experience with it is like i i'm fed up with this and like and and i'm not going to take it anymore like i'm done like treating myself this way or i'm done with this kind of like bad habit i i I see it as almost like a really powerful reckoning um to be able to happen where you could really build some new habits and and really look at yourself and and your relationships and like what might be causing things that are are causing that distress and things like that what do you feel like you kind of learned from from that breaking point that you hit during the pandemic and like did you Kind of I learned that I had one, and yeah. that everyone
0: has one. Ultimately, you yeah. know, it's like, and you don't know where those lines are going to be. Yeah. G- are going to be drawn, even though, like, you know, it's you. It just, yeah, I re- I realized that, like, you know, you can only be pushed so far in certain directions. Well, it's just part of it. It's like, society. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's not like you you fucked up or like 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 mm-hmm. anything is wrong. I think it's just like a natural part of life that like people try and avoid or like act like isn't happening. Like with mental health in general, and then when you like suppress and suppress, like like you said it happens to everyone like the pot boils over and you do reach that breaking point and i think once it kind of happens and you can just accept it and like not feel any shame around it and like see how you can grow from it that it's actually like a really beautiful thing in my opinion
0: yeah it is sometimes not in the moment though <laughs> well of course i mean in the moment maybe retro- in the moment maybe it feels like like
1: the walls are crumbling down around you but like it, it it's hard to see like the light at the end of the tunnel when you're in pitch black but like now you're here about to play coachella it's like if you would have told that version of yourself that it's like yeah right like
0: i also have a song on the album called hypocrite which is spelled like h-i-p and some people were saying like oh is that a typo but it was on purpose it's supposed to be (laughs) clever but i feel like with social media it's like you know especially when you're not actually out there in the world it's really easy to portray um an image and then not necessarily have that be the way that you're conducting your life in private. And um, I feel like there was a lot of that during the pandemic, you know? Yeah. And so I talk about that. Yeah, well, (laughs) well,
2: we're we're definitely excited for the album. Um, Before Mason asks our, our final two questions that we ask everyone, I'm just wondering, like, for you, like, what would your message be to, whether it's your fans or just, like, you know, a younger version of yourself now that, like, you've learned... What you've learned over the last, you know, eight to 10 years, like you've gone through the pandemic, just like a message uh, that like you hope to be able to spread to like your audience or fans or whatever.
0: Oh, message to my younger self, um, buy Doge and Bitcoin, you know, (laughs) when it's at. A uh, $100 that would have been really smart message to, to a younger version of my fans i would advise you to do the same <laughs> and sell now <laughs> before the party's over <laughs> but i guess my we could used my, that message <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that would be a goal um i, I always imagined you know when, or i always dreamed when i was younger that i would one day be able to play arenas and i think that that's still a possibility i, Absolutely. I hope you know no i not i hope I I I that's my goal, you know. So that that's a goal that I have. Um but a goal that I have is to hopefully be able to continue um making uh music and writing honest music and yeah, and continue to put out albums and keep working so that I have the opportunity to make music for the rest of my life. Um but yeah, a message to my earlier self, you know, take that 20 bucks instead of spending it on something stupid. Put it, put it into Dogecoin. It's going to the moon. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know any of that stuff. Don't take any of my investing advice. I have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: If you could nominate anyone to come onto our show, who's been very inspirational to you, or someone that you look up to in the industry, whether you know them or not, who just kind of has a really powerful mental health story, who would it be?
0: Well, I don't know if they have a powerful mental health story. But you asked me about collaborations, and one collaboration I haven't really said anything about. But there's a a song that I worked on with a um, a guy named Jacob Collier. Are you familiar with him? And uh, he's got a pretty interesting brain. You know, I'm sure that with all of the amazing things that come with, you know, his musical genius, there are some struggles that he's encountered. (laughs) So I'd nominate him, unless unless you guys have already talked to him. No,
1: that's a great one. Um, And lastly, what makes you mad happy, Alec?
0: My my music career. (laughs) <laughs> and and the music industry it's made me mad and happy at the same time love it in, well, nice, in man. the best way possible yeah
1: <laughs> yeah well, so. well thanks so much uh good luck next weekend a payment will be there i'm sure that he'll come uh okay great check That'd you be out awesome. and, yeah and you're not going to say anything wrong so don't call your mom after coachella okay and, yeah you yeah, messed enough, yeah. up right
0: <laughs> awesome but
2: well, yeah thanks so much for coming Thank on and uh signing off now thanks everyone see you thanks alan
1: Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, be sure to check out some of Alex's music. Uh, we really enjoyed talking to him and, and really think that he's got a great career ahead of him. So we're excited to watch him continue to grow. Uh, hope you're having a great day. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're doing it, it always means so much to us to listen to these conversations about mental health and, and see what it brings up for you and and see what conversations it can inspire you to have. You know, we're all kind of we're all going through stuff. We're all working on stuff. Uh, and that's, there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's all just a normal part of life. So hope you're having a great summer, getting outside, getting that body moving. Uh, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Peace.
0: The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism.